We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast slash live post-game show. Your Lakers, they did it again. Five straight wins for the purple and gold, defeating the Sacramento Kings 136-134. Second night of a back-to-back on the road. So many players out, injured, terrible officiating. It didn't matter. The Lakers get the win in the end. Again, 136, 134. LeBron James, 37 points, eight boards, seven assists, 14 to 28 shooting from the field. How about Thomas Bryant stepping up? 29 points for Thomas Bryant going against Domitas Sabonis all night. And Thomas Bryant, wow, did he have a performance? 29 points, 14 rebounds, 12 of 14 shooting for TB. This man has not missed a shot. It feels like in ages, he is incredible for the Lakers right now. 27 big points for Dennis Schroeder, including 7 of 7 from the free throw line. Hit the two clutch free throws with only a few seconds left to get the win for the Lakers. The go-ahead free throws for Dennis Schroeder. 4 of 5 from deep. His second straight incredible shooting performance. And then 23 points for Russell Westbrook. And how about this for efficiency? 15 assists on four turnovers. You'll take that. All day. That's incredible stuff from Russell Westbrook. What a game for the Lakers. What a gutsy win. You never would have seen this from last season's Lakers. There's no way that this would have happened on the second night of a back-to-back to see the Lakers battle through what, look, I don't want to spoil the master lock too early, but this was a horribly officiated game, and yet the Lakers fought through it. No Austin Reeves. No Lonnie Walker, no Troy Brown Jr., of course, no Anthony Davis. They fight through all of that, and they still come through and get the win. There were a number of times where the Kings came out and they punched the Lakers, where suddenly the Kings would get to a six-point lead, a seven-point lead. We saw it in the third quarter. And what did the Lakers do? They punched right back. This team does not quit. They keep going. They push through. And now they're on a five-game win streak. And in the Western Conference, oh boy, this is getting interesting here. In the West, with their five-game win streak, the Lakers now sit with a record of 19 and 21 on the season, which is the exact same record as the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the Lakers and the Wolves currently are tied for the 11th seed in the West. The 10th spot, the Utah Jazz, they are 20 and 22 on the season. So they've played a couple more games than the Lakers have, but that they are the same number of games back as the Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Seven and a half games back. The Lakers effectively tied. The Lakers now, but get this the Lakers are not just right on the cusp of being a play in team, they are a game and a half behind the Clippers for the sixth seed. They're a game and a half away from being a playoff team, not a play-in team, a playoff team. That's how compact the Western Conference is. The Lakers are right there in striking distance. My, oh, my, this team is really, 
turning it on. I'm going to get into your questions and comments coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Welcome. Thank you guys for joining me. Isn't this great? Basketball is fun, right? It's something we have to remind ourselves sometimes when we have the, the tough periods. And look, there will be speed bumps coming up ahead. We know that. It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows the rest of the way through. But basketball, man, these last five games, it's been so fun seeing this Lakers team win again and play well again. An unsung hero stepping up on a nightly basis just with hustle and grit and sheer determination. This has been a blast. And man, did we need it. Lakers Nation, we needed this. This has been so much fun to watch this team find success like this. Fro Bad Bunny kicks us off with a comment. said, I swear the Lakers are playing five against eight. Glad they got the win. Yeah, once again, this game was atrociously officiated. And I am, it, it adds a little bit to the Lakers getting the win, right? It, it feels a little bit better. Like, hey, there were all these blown calls and yet they still managed to get the win. How about even right at the end, the Russell Westbrook and one. The whistle blows. Russ is fouled as he's going up and shooting it. Scores the basket. Nope, on the ground. And Russ only makes one of two free throws. The officials did not give him the end one. And here's the, here's the part that really bothers me. If the referees on that particular play wanted to call the foul up top, the initial bump, fine. But they didn't. They didn't. They called the foul in the paint as Russ was going up and shooting. That was the foul that they called. If that was the first quarter, that's an and one, right? If it's the second quarter, that's an and one, right? If it's the third quarter, that's an and one. Only because there's, what, less than a minute left in the game, suddenly it's not an and one? At any other point, that is a clear and one, score the basket, free throw's coming. Drives me crazy when the rules change late in a game like that. But once again, it feels that much better that, hey, the Lakers overcame all of this and still found a way to persevere and get the W. No beam being lit tonight in Sacramento. Asa Hearts, someone please confirm for me, why didn't Darvin Ham challenge the play where Russ should have gotten the end one? Did we not have a challenge? I don't know the exact rule. So I could be, it's possible that that's not something you can challenge on. But I don't know for sure. I would have to, to talk to somebody who's a little bit more well-versed in the exact rule there. I thought the same thing. I thought, use your challenge. Challenge on that because it's a clear and one. Only concern would be that the referees would say, yes, it's a foul, but he got fouled earlier, and so that's the foul we're calling. Um that would have been my my concern, that the result would have been the same. Maybe Darvin Ham and the coaching staff saw that and said, well, even if we challenge, they're going to say uh, successful challenge but or unsuccessful challenge, but we're calling the foul up top on a different player, and then that still results in rust free throws, and you don't nothing changes. So that's, maybe that was a factor, but I don't know, because I was thinking the same thing. They should challenge that. Koa said, no way we just beat the Kings and refs. I'm afraid now, how are we going to keep everyone for next year if Thomas Bryan and Dennis Schroeder keep playing like this? Braun is really the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a worry for another day, right? I understand the concern, though. Like, how much is Thomas Bryan going to make on his next deal now that he's going and dropping 29 points? He's averaged 16 as of two games ago. He was averaging 16 points per game without Anthony Davis. And this game, he drops 29. Last night, he put up 19. So that average has gone up now. He's been incredible. Um, just in the month of January, so the last four games, he's shooting 65% from the field and getting 12.3 boards and 19.3 points per game. He's been absolutely fantastic. Yes, there's concerns about how are you going to hang on to these guys, but you'll also have some cap space to play with. So maybe you can use that to hang on to some of these players. Um, again, though, for the moment, you just enjoy the victory. You figure out how to keep these guys moving forward. Jillian, Lakers versus injuries and refs, and the Kings still lost. That's right. They sure did. They sure did. And you know what? This is the kind of game, this is the kind of game where, from the Lakers' perspective, this is another game. This is another game in the middle of a long season, and that's what it is. And that's it. That, that's it. That's all it is. 
to the Kings, the Kings fans, this is a big game. This is the Lakers. This is you badly want to win this game, right? Um, and there's a number of teams in the NBA and especially in the Western Conference that feel that way, that see the Lakers as you know their big rival, as their hated rival, right? And and Sacramento is certainly one of them. And obviously, you go back to the early 2000s, and that's a big part of why. But uh, but Lakers fans don't see them the same way. Like it's the same thing with Portland. Uh, Phoenix, and then now there's a little bit more animosity with Lakers fans towards Phoenix, but San Antonio, you know, Utah. I mean, you've got all these teams that just see the Lakers as their big main rival. So this is, you knew Sacramento was going to be up for this game. Like the Kings were going to be up. Like Kevin Herter gave that quote uh, yesterday about how he was, or maybe it was this morning, about how he was um, researching game six from the, the O2 playoffs and how the, you know, the, the Kings got the the raw deal with the whistles and that series and all that kind of stuff. Like they're bringing back that stuff, right. To get their team fired up and everything. And it meant a lot, you know, this, this isn't a game where, Oh, the Kings underestimated the Lakers or the Kings just didn't show up or anything like that. No, the Kings showed up. The Kings wanted to win this game badly. And the Lakers were just a better team when the final whistle sounded. And that's, that makes me feel better. Right. And the Kings have been great this year. Take nothing away from them. They've been a fantastic team this year. But tonight, this wasn't a case of the Kings just no-showing or something like that. The Lakers went out and beat a good team despite missing all the players they're missing, despite dealing with the officiating, despite everything else. The Lakers put away a good team. We'll take it. And look, it wasn't perfect. They, they were up nine at one point, and the next thing you know is a tie game down the stretch. They almost blew it, but they found a way. They found a way. You know, this is something I should mention, too. Big Dog says the Warriors and Jazz lost two. Uh, add on top of that. Yeah, if you look around the NBA tonight, San Antonio loses. Not a surprise, but San Antonio lost. I mean, that you know, it's another Western Conference team. Now, they lost to Boston. I, I think I would have preferred San Antonio beat Boston just because it's Boston. Uh, but the Orlando Magic beat the Warriors by 14. That helps. The Mavericks beat the Pelicans. That helps too. Lakers fans, you want to see the Pelicans lose games. Why? Because the more the Pelicans lose, the more the Lakers win, the less the pick swap matters. That's the ideal scenario is the pick swap either doesn't matter at all because the Lakers wind up with a better record than the Pelicans. I don't know if we're going to go that far. But or if the pick swap comes into play, you're moving like four spots or something like that. And you say, okay, well, whatever, no big deal, right? So Lakers fans, not rooting for injuries. Obviously, Zion Williamson would love to see him back and healthy. Um, unfortunate that, that he's out right now, but you should be rooting for Pelicans losses because every Pelicans loss just helps the Lakers out in terms of making that pick swap less impactful. So good night on that side too. Pelicans lost to the Mavs. The Jazz lost to an Eastern Conference team, the Chicago Bulls, who have not been great lately, but they picked up a couple wins. Um, they haven't had a great season, but Chicago is now on a three-game win streak themselves. The downside is, as the Bulls start to win, could that potentially dissuade them from trading away players on the market? Something to consider. But still, ultimately, you wanted the Jazz to lose this game, and they did. You take it. Every game tonight, had something positive happen for the Lakers, including the Lakers game itself with the Lakers getting the win. Got to love that. Eugene says, no beam tonight. That's right. You know, I don't know if you got to see, depending on the broadcast you watched, but I got to see the in-arena feed from Sacramento. They do a lot of interesting things during timeouts and things like that in Sacramento. A lot of dance-based stuff that is a little hokey. Uh, but I can say that the light the beam thing has been a good thing for, for Sacramento. It's been somewhat innovative. It, you know, the, the city's gotten behind it. Fans have gotten behind it. It's been an exciting thing for them. And I get it. Um, and if that's brought life to a team that hasn't made the playoffs in forever at this point, um, great. More power to them. But if you're going to hype up the beam like that, then you're also going to have opposing teams saying, hey, the beam, stay in dark tonight when you come in there and get a win. Kyle Hampton, that's five in a row. Now, again, next up, next up, the Lakers take on the Denver Nuggets on Monday. 
the Lakers have played well against the Nuggets, but they've played well with AD defending Jokic. It's going to be a tough matchup. No, no doubt. It's going to be a tough matchup, but the Lakers are playing great. Mamba mentality. Dang, I thought last game was a heart stopper. Edge of the seat winner. By the way, Dennis and TB, star in your role, Lakers. It really, I was on the edge of my seat. I was, I was nervous. If you joined us on playback and you watched the game with us, oh my goodness. I, I was beside myself down the stretch of that game. I kept forgetting to say anything <laughs> to everybody that was joining us because I was so locked into the game and um, living and dying with every play. But man, it feels good. It feels good to have that again, for sure. Let's get into our first award of the night and let's do superstar of the night. The superstar of the night, superstar of the night for this one. And you've got a couple of good options here. LeBron, 37 big points, eight boards, seven assists, four turnovers, eight of nine shooting from the line, 14 to 28 shooting. Russell Westbrook, 23 points, 15 assists. Five boards, seven to 14 shooting, two of five from deep. You know what? I, I have to go LeBron. 37, seven and eight is incredible. Um, down the stretch, he really took over, started attacking the basket, getting himself to the free throw line, doing all the things the Lakers need him to do to win. But Russell, make no mistake, Russell Westbrook played a tremendous game in this one. Uh, again, 15 assists on four turnovers. You'll take that all day, every day. Uh, were there a couple of mistakes here? There, sure, but. This was you're not winning this game without Russ. I thought he was fantastic in this game tonight. And um, and if you wanted to tell me, you know what, I, I would prefer giving the award to Russ. I wouldn't argue with you. I think you could pick either guy and make a really solid argument for both of them. So that was great to see. Uh, Bruce said, OMG, five wins in a row against quality teams. LeBron beating Father Time, Thomas Bryant, Russ, Dennis were brilliant. Rob Palenka, if you're watching this, Let's get this team another wing slash shooter with size, please. Yeah, I mean, the five wins in a row, these are the teams you beat. The Hawks twice, and the Hawks are were expecting to be a playoff team in the East. You beat them once in Atlanta, once at home. You beat the Heat, again, expected to be a playoff team in the East. You beat the Kings, currently a playoff team in the West, and you beat the Hornets. Now, the Hornets right now would be more in the category of a tanking team. But nonetheless, that's four teams that are, are, are playoff caliber teams, right? Now, the Atlanta Hawks are just the 10 seed right now. They haven't had as good of a season as they wanted. You beat them twice, but Miami's the eight seed in the East. And then the Kings right now are the five seed in the West. This isn't the top tier upper echelon teams. It's not like you beat Boston and Milwaukee and right in Denver. It's not like you beat those teams. But these are three or five quality wins. Quality wins with only the Hornets being what you would classify as a tanking team. And they're only in a tanking position right now because they had so many injury, injuries at the beginning of the season. I think if they were healthy all year, they'd be just above the true tanking teams. So you're right. These are these are good wins for the Lakers. No question. Good wins. Now, as far as getting another wing slash shooter, I'm going to do a video tomorrow talking about the trade market, but the short version is this. The trade market is, is a bit troublesome right now, and that's because... There's not many teams that are acting as sellers. And we've talked about this in the past. There, it's a supply and, de and demand dynamic here. So when supply is low and demand is high, which is, look, you look at the Western Conference, there's a lot of teams that can say, hey, if we can go get somebody, we can make a real push here because it's so compact. So demand is high, supply is low, price is going to go up. So right now, teams are asking for a fortune for role players. So getting a Bogdanovich, getting even Eric Gordon, Houston Rockets are demanding a first for Eric Gordon. Um, and teams are continuing to punish the Lakers on the Russell Westbrook front. I'm not even saying the Lakers should trade Russ right now, but teams are continuing, according to Eric Pincus, uniformly, like across the NBA, every team is telling the Lakers that if Russ is going to be put on their roster, the cost is a first-round pick, period. And then if the Lakers want anything back, it's another first. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and Russ, again, Russ has been good this year. But teams are continuing to tell the Lakers, look, if we have to have Russell Westbrook on our roster, you have to give us a first-round pick, period. If you want anything back in return, then you got to add on to that. The baseline is one first-round pick just for us to put Russell Westbrook on our roster. That's where we were in the summer. That's where teams were with the Lakers in the summer before Russ played so well this season, before Russ has done all these, all these things this year. That's where teams were back in July. So that's telling you that teams are giving the Lakers zero credit and giving Russell Westbrook zero credit for how well he's played this season, for the way that he has revived himself coming off the bench for the Lakers. They're not giving you anything for that. They're continuing to demand an unprotected first-round pick. If you're the Lakers, why trade him then? You might need his salary in a deal, but if you're the Lakers, you're not looking at Russ and saying, well, you know what? This is a guy we really feel like we should give up a first-round pick just to get him off our roster. So now maybe that changes by the trade deadline, but that makes it that much more difficult to find a deal if you're the Lakers if teams continue to treat Russ as though he is this massive negative value that the Lakers should be desperate to move. Because that's not the way the Lakers feel about him at this stage, nor should they. And tonight is another great example of that. All right. Again, I will talk a lot more about the trade front. Uh, tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll get more into it tonight as well. But Jay Delgado, good win in a close game. I'm just glad the defense appeared at the end when they needed a stop. Dennis is the player of the game. Yeah, look, the Lakers, I felt like on that last Kings possession that wound up in a forced herder three that was contested, that might have, and my Lakers Nation colleague Corey Hansford said this as well, that might have been the Lakers' best defensive possession of the season. They were everywhere, swarming the Kings, making them um, take a very, very difficult shot. It was textbook defense. It was just fantastic. To a man, everyone played that possession perfectly. It was the biggest defensive possession of the game in that moment, and the Lakers came through with flying colors. They were absolutely fantastic. It was so cool to see them really step it up on the defensive end for that final possession and uh, and then help them win the game for sure. J-Dog. Says great win. Refs almost lost it with a bad call on Russ. I, I I was not impressed with the officiating throughout the night, but yes, that that particular call was that was bad. Uh, Bean also talking about that. Refs sold big time tonight. Russ and one at the end. If the Lakers had lost the game, they would have had a good reason to file a complaint with the league, and I think they still can. I mean, this this was. Again, I thought a terribly officiated game, and it wasn't just that play, but that was sort of the, the culmination of a number of just awful, awful calls that we saw in this one and uh, still got it done. Mamba Mentality says, forget Turner. We've got Thomas Bryant, 29 big ones. Yeah, that's the question for the Lakers, right? How much faith do you have in Thomas Bryant? Is he going to shoot 90% from the field or whatever forever? No. But he's been good. He's been very good. Good enough to where you say, if we're going to go get something, should that something be a big on the trade market? Or should we instead focus in other areas and just trust that Thomas Bryant can be something for us here? And again, since AD has been out, Thomas Bryant has stepped up in a big, big way. And credit to him. Look, in sports, you never know when your opportunity is going to come. And when your opportunity does come, you got to be prepared to crush it. You have to be ready to get out there and take advantage of your opportunity. And I thought Thomas Bryant has done just that since AD went down. And the Lakers have benefited massively from Thomas Bryant being as good as he's been 
over this stretch. He's been phenomenal for them, and they are there's zero chance they're on a five game win streak without right now without him. That was fantastic from uh, from Thomas Bryant, and he's been great. Uh, Denitrify, great win, but holy master lock the the freaking refs. Yeah, I mean you guys know what's coming on the master lock. I don't think there's any question there. Canadian conservative said it's Thomas Bryant just straight up better a better asset than Turner now probably cheaper in the long run and he's been so dominant. So very different players in terms of rim protection ability. Both can shoot from outside. Uh, Thomas Bryant has been money on the mid range jumper as well. He's been really good there. Uh, great motor. I, he may be, he's either one of, or the best rim runners in the league in terms of just speed. There was a play tonight. Thomas Bryant was battling for a rebound and he wound up on the floor. Uh, on his back. And this was in the, the second half. He wound up on the floor on his back and the ball gets bounced around. Ultimately it lands in the hands of the Sacramento Kings. Thomas Bryant got up and sprinted down the floor. He beat the guards who were coming, going from a standing position down the floor. He is so fast. He is so much faster than most bigs. Uh, again, if he's not the fastest big down the court in the NBA, he is one of easily the fact he may be just the fastest period. He is lightning out there in transition. He charges down the floor. His motor is so high. Um, incredible stuff. Will he be cheaper in the long run? Probably. He doesn't have the shot blocking that that miles Turner does, but you might be right now in terms of better asset right now. I don't think so because he doesn't make enough. If Thomas Bryant was making $10 million or so and you could get something real coming back for him in terms of salary matching, maybe maybe a team would pay more to get him than, than Turner. Turner's got a lot longer uh, stretch of, of being good, but I think you can argue that Thomas Bryant's impact, even though it's, it's, it's in a different way, has been on the level of a Miles Turner. Uh, Cesar said, can you work out trade packages to get both Miles Turner and Kuzma without Westbrook? Uh, no. Great win today, by the way. Now, you don't have enough salary going out. Even if, so you stack up. Okay, let's do the math here real quick in my head. So if you stack up Patrick Beverly, and I'm not even considering, would the other team accept this? Turner is what, 18 million. Kuzma's 13, so that's 31 million. Pat Bev, none. And Lonnie will put you at 24. You're close. You're close. Like you could throw in a vet minimum and you could get there. So in theory, yes. But, but again, you're, you're not getting that done. You're not going to be able to get that done without Russ, most likely. I don't think you have enough going out in terms of picks to, to satisfy both the Pacers and the Wizards, unless unless they suddenly the the Pacers suddenly say, okay, we'll just take one first for Turner, and the Wizards say, okay, we'll take one first for Kuzma, which I, I don't think is going to be the case, especially the way the market is right now. I think teams are going to demand a lot for any of their players. Mario says Lakers win and Pelicans lose. Pick swap is starting to be in our favor. We're not there yet, right? I mean, look, the Lakers have a a they've been great. They were a seven and a half point underdog in tonight's game. They were an eight and a half point underdog against the Heat. They wound up winning those games. All the credit in the world to them. But again, the, the schedule is not easy coming up. And the Pelicans right now are five games up on the Lakers. So it's not like the Lakers are breathing down their necks right now and they're going to pass them anytime soon. There's still a lot of distance between the Lakers and the Pelicans. Now, it's not impossible for the Lakers to ultimately catch them. But again, this is the Lakers schedule over the next few. You have Denver coming up on Monday, then Dallas, then Philly, Houston, Sacramento again, Memphis, Portland, Clippers. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The next eight you're playing one non-playoff team right now, and that's the Houston Rockets. After that, you go San Antonio, so there's another non-playoff team. But then you go Boston, Brooklyn, New York, Indiana, New Orleans on a five-game road trip. Again, essentially all, all playoff teams. So yeah, you're, you're playing like 
15 games and seeing two non-playoff teams. It's essentially what it's coming down to. That's not going to be easy. That's not going to be easy. So, And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be a rain cloud here. This is a great win for the Lakers. They're playing fantastic basketball. You've got to be more optimistic about this team right now. I'm just saying the schedule ahead is difficult. So it's not like you're going, hey, they're never losing again. They're going to go on a 20-game win streak, and they're going to catch the Pelicans. We're not quite at that point. They have a tough road ahead. But if they keep playing like this, they're going to be able to pick up some wins. Aaron MC, we need a big wing or two wings still. Agreed. Agreed 100%. They still need some help on the wing, particularly with so many guys being hurt. Um, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown, Anthony Davis. The Lakers were thin on the wing to start the season, and now they're that much more thin with, with injuries hitting them. So I think even if you had everybody healthy, you need more wings on this team. Right now, you really need wings because they're so thin at the moment. But again, they're finding ways. They're finding ways to get it done. Andrew Potter. This season has had spurts of various players, Lonnie, Reeves, Thomas Bryant, Dennis, outplaying their deals. Won't be able to retain all or most without some luck. Yeah, essentially, the best the Lakers have on any of these guys, uh, with the exception of uh, Reeves, Lonnie, TB, Dennis, the best you have is early bird rights, or I'm sorry, non-bird rights, which means you could pay them like about $3 million or so, maybe a little bit more. You're not, Thomas Bryant's going to make more than that. Dennis, if he keeps playing like this, is going to make more than that. Lonnie, you can get him to seven or so, seven and change. That might be enough, maybe, especially if you tell him, hey, like do another one-year deal. We'll have your early bird rights after that or do two years and we'll have your full, full bird rights and we'll take care of you. Maybe, but most likely you're not going to be able to keep everybody. That's that's the point. That's the bottom line. You're probably not going to be able to keep everybody long-term. Chris, what a nail-biter. 100%, Chris. That was great. That was great to see the Lakers get a win in such a close game. It would have felt so bad. I mean, we've had so many games like this. Go back to the Indiana game. You go back to the Philly game, the Boston game, Portland game from the beginning of the season where you just think, man, it gave one away. If the Lakers had lost this one, it would have been another gut punch like that when they were up nine to then lose it. But fortunately, that's not what happened. And we can feel good having get that win, having them get that W. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. I'm seeing a lot of let's go in the chat. Everybody's excited and should be and should be. We should be able to celebrate moments like this where the Lakers go on a five game winning streak, you know, with this team, especially so shorthanded. Um, the Lakers started the season, what, two and 10. And since then, what have they been now? Like 16 and 11, something like that. Tremendous, tremendous stuff. The way Dennis and Thomas Bryant have been playing, the Lakers have some big decisions this off season. Again, you're almost, you almost wonder, do you have to keep a little bit of cap space just to try to hang on to at least one of these guys? Like, what's it going to cost to keep Thomas Bryant now? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. And you're going to have to probably either keep cap space or you're going to have to be willing to part with the mid-level exception to do it, which then if Austin Reeves um, gets, a, gets a full offer, a full mid-level exception offer, you can use the, your arenas rules to keep him, but you'd be using your mid-level exception to do that. So it could get tricky for the Lakers and maybe gives them some incentive to not burn all of their cap space in a trade, but at least keep enough of it left over to try to hang on to a guy like a Thomas Bryant. Can we start keeping track of awards so we can tally them up at the end of each season? Sure, Brandon. Are you volunteering to, to do that? We'd, we'd love to have somebody do that. That'd be great. That would be great. Um, I have not been keeping track of them, but speaking of which, we should get into another award. Let's do this. Star in your role. All right, the Star in Your Role Award. My goodness, who do we give this to? Like, who get, like, really, who do we give this to? I think you can make a really good argument, obviously, for Thomas Bryant, 29 points, made big plays. You can also make a good argument for Dennis Schroeder. I'll tell you what, this is a great problem to have. This is a great problem. To, instead of, like, 
one guy goes off and everybody else is just kind of meh, whatever. You've got a couple of guys here who were fantastic, who were instrumental in helping you get a major win. And I don't know who should get it. Thomas Bryant, 29 and 14. Dennis Schroeder, 27 and four. Four of five from deep. This is actually a really tough call. And I I think this is kind of like the superstar of the night where if you want to tell me it's player X, if you want to tell me it's Thomas Bryant, can't argue against it. If you want to tell me it's Dennis Schroeder, can't really argue against it. A lot of guys, I've seen a lot of people in the chat saying, it should just be both. I've seen a lot of TB, a lot of Dennis. I think this is, look, this is a cop-out, I guess. But let's just do both for this one. Because you don't win without either one of those guys. And they've both been fantastic. Let's just say both get it. Let's just say both get it. Both had incredible, incredible nights. Um, and I'm seeing some people say, like this one, uh, said... Oop, the chat flew past so fast, but said that uh, it's got to be TB. His effort and energy are unmatched. Yeah, but Truder's also putting in the hustle, putting in the energy, the effort, getting himself to the free throw line. They've both been so, so good. We rarely do this because I feel like it's a cop-out, but trying to differentiate between these two, it's really tough, really tough. So I, I think I'm going to go both. I think Thomas Bryant and Dennis Schroeder get it. Both of them get this one. That's what we're going to go with. All right, let's get back into some of your questions and comments here. I've got some people saying like TB was the engine. He's really been an engine for the team over this stretch without AD. What are we at? Like 12 games now without Anthony Davis. He's been that. He's been the motor. He's been flying up and down the floor. He's been providing the energy. He's made himself a hell of a lot of money too in the process because he's going to be a free agent. Um yeah, he's been he's been absolutely fantastic for the Lakers. This is the downside, though, to signing guys to these one-year deals is when you get somebody who does what Thomas Bryant's doing right now, you know you're you're there's a higher probability that you're going to lose them because you don't have the money to pay for them. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here in the chat. Tully said, "I know this gets talked about all the time." But give LeBron his damn calls. The no calls stood out today. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely did. And that was part of the reason why, uh, you know, when we get to the master lock, we're going to talk a lot about the officiating. Uh, LeBron LeBron got nine free throw attempts on the night. And I felt like he should have got a lot more. In fact, like there was one play, particularly egregious. LeBron gets an offensive board. He gathers to go up, gets slapped across the arm. The ball goes flying up in the air. No call from the officials, puts the Kings into the into a fast break, and they nail a three on it. Like that's three points that the officials basically just put on the Kings scoreboard by not blowing the whistle on a clear foul right in front of them. It's mind blowing how LeBron just can't seem to get a respect from the officials. He had nine free throw attempts. You say, well, he got nine free throws. That's fine. He should have had many, many more. He should have had many more. It took LeBron getting hammered for him to get to the line. And that's a, that's nothing new. We've seen it all season. Perez, light the beam. Yes, indeed. Rubbing in a little bit there for Kings fans. Uh, AZN Pikachu said, why didn't Ham challenge the last foul? Uh, again, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was something where they thought the call would just get changed to the foul up top and the result would be the same, two Russ free throws. Maybe that was it, but I'm not sure. Dylan said, Trev, why do we hold on to those picks so tightly? Uh, can't we trade random players in the future seasons for picks if we really want to want them before 2027 or 2029? You have to have good players that are worth those picks, though. So, But that's where I've been talking about if you're going to make a trade with those future picks, particularly if you're going to give up both of them, you ideally want to find a player who's younger. You want to find a guy who's in their mid-20s so that, let's say, three years from now, the Lakers are rebuilding. So you could flip that player and recoup some of those that draft capital. Maybe it's not an unprotected first, but you can get something back and then you can build with that. Um, that's that's what you need to do if you're the Lakers and you're going to give up both those picks. I don't think right now the problem is the Lakers are holding on to those picks so tightly. I think right now the problem is there's not a lot of sellers on the market. 
So the sellers that are out there are demanding a fortune. Like, how angry would you be if the Lakers tomorrow traded an unprotected first and got Aaron, uh, Eric Gordon? Because that's what the Rockets want. If the Lakers did that, Lakers fans would be furious, and rightfully so. The Rockets have been demanding a first for Eric Gordon for years, and nobody's been a taker. And now here they are. He's in essentially an expiring contract, and they kind of have to move him, and they're still saying, no, we want a first for him if anybody's going to come get him. 34 years old, no, we want a first. Like, what are you supposed to do if that's, if that's what teams are, are telling you? Or if teams are telling you, well, no, we're not even valuing Russ as a player. If you, if you want to put us through the indignity of having Russell Westbrook on our roster, then you owe us a first-round pick just for putting Russ on our roster. And then if we're going to send you anything back, then we're going to add on to that price. Like, what are you supposed to do there if you're the Lakers? I don't think this is the Lakers holding onto the picks too tightly. Now, I do think that was the case when we go back to the night before media day when the Lakers could have pulled the Miles Turner Buddy Heald trade. Fair to, to criticize that and say, well, you probably should have done that. That's holding onto the picks a little too tightly. But right now, yeah, I, I just I think teams are just demanding so much that if the Lakers were to pull the trigger on anything that's out there right now, Lakers fans would be furious. That's that's what I believe is going on right now. Brian Baker. It's time for the front office to make a move and get some size and shooting. They've shown they're legit. Agreed. Yeah. I, if the deal is there, do it. This team's good enough. Do it. If the deal is there. I think the problem is the deal's not there. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, usually what happens is as we get into January, prices start to come down. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Super dope hip hop. Seeing why LeBron uh, wanting to be or wanting to be done with LeBron makes zero sense. Plus 15 and 38 minutes. Lakers minus 12 and it's 10 minutes off. Bron Russ Hall of Famers tonight. Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder too. Yeah, that's a good point. Was LeBron came off in the fourth for about a minute and a half. And the Lakers, this is off the top of my head. I believe they had a nine point lead when LeBron went off the floor. When LeBron came back, the lead was, I believe, two. In a minute and a half, they lost seven points in a minute and a half without LeBron on the floor. It, I mean, you can be upset with the level of influence LeBron might have in making moves or perceived level of influence LeBron may or may not have in making moves. You can be upset with LeBron's shot selection at times. You can be upset with... You know, maybe you just don't like LeBron for whatever reason. But there's no question the Lakers need LeBron on the floor. There's no question. They, they need him out there, and you see what happens as soon as he steps off. And maybe that's even more of an argument why the Lakers need to pull off some kind of a trade because this has been the case for years. For years now, LeBron goes out and everything falls apart. LeBron comes back in, things get better. They need a little bit more firepower so that even if LeBron has to step off for a few minutes, even if he needs some rest, you can still tread water. That's all you need to do. Tread water when LeBron's out. And again, Anthony Davis helps quite a bit with that as well. That's something to consider. By the way, can we please, please, pretty please, Darvin Ham, if AD comes back, let's say it's in two weeks, can we see Thomas Bryan and AD together? 
Can we just play them together? Play your best players. Play those two guys together. AD has been, been pining to be a four anyway. And he's been great at center. I'm not saying you take away all of Anthony Davis's center minutes. But let's not turn this into a tag team the center position situation. I get it if it's the first couple of games back and you're maybe you're limiting AD's minutes. But otherwise, let's see AD and Thomas Bryant on the floor together. Let's not do this whole, well, AD's back, so here's 33 minutes, 34 minutes, Anthony Davis, and Thomas Bryant, you get the remaining 14 at center. Let's not do that. Play them together. Let's see what that looks like. It's, it's worth a look for sure. Marcus said, Thomas Bryant tonight, 29 points, 14 boards, 12 of 14 shooting. First Laker with that stat line or better on 85% field goal since Shaq. Is that right? You know, that, that makes sense because who else was going to get it unless it was Pow? And Pow took enough shots under duress and enough jumpers to where I can imagine that he probably wouldn't quite get that. Particularly the 14 rebounds, too. Like, who else would have gotten that done? Like, Chris Mim? No. So, that makes sense. Tully, um, oh, I already did that one. Dante said, LeBron's still leading the Western All-Star voting for a reason. He is still primetime. Oh, my God. Let's let's talk about that for a second. I don't want to go too in-depth on All-Star voting, but I saw so many fans of other teams complaining that LeBron is still the leading vote-getter and this is getting boring. Why is LeBron going to be the captain again? All this kind of stuff. Can we figure out some way to make LeBron not be the captain? Maybe because he's still really, really good at basketball. And furthermore, the All-Star voting, it's not a list of players ranked according to their skill level, even though you can argue that LeBron should still be there, even if it is. But people getting upset, oh my gosh, how does how is it that uh, the deer and fox isn't in there? And Sabonis, look, that's fair. They should be. They should be based on just merit in terms of their skill as a player, but that's not what the All-Star vote is about. It's about who are your favorite players? Who is it you want to see? Period. Fans want to see LeBron, and for good reason. He's really, really good. He might even be the best ever. People need to stop complaining about the fan vote for the All-Star game and maybe understand what that actually is and what it says. It's not a list based on merit. It's who do the fans want to see? Period. Derek, TB and AD. Yes, Derek, you're right here with me. TB and AD needs to be the focal point going forward once AD returns. AD will help clean up defensive efficiencies and allow him to play the four a little more. Yes, exactly, right? Thomas Bryant's ability to shoot the three, and not even just the three, but the mid-range, that 15-footer, he's money from that. That, look, not a ton of floor spacing there, but it's something. In theory, on paper, and we don't know what it's going to look like on the floor. Sometimes things that on paper look like they should work great don't. That happens. But on paper, Thomas Bryant's ability to stretch the floor makes him an ideal partner with Anthony Davis at the big positions. And then on the other end of the floor, Anthony Davis's ability to protect the rim makes him an ideal partner because Thomas Bryant's weakness or one of his weaknesses, it's rim protection. They complement each other pretty well on both ends of the floor. Again, not saying for sure it's going to work, but give it a shot. You have to. You have to. Because if it does work, you've got something pretty damn special with those two guys playing together. Super dope hip-hop. Braun team since he left the Cavs in 2010 have been reffed horribly. Yeah, it's been, it's been rough. It's been rough. Watching LeBron this year, I felt sympathetic towards him in the same way that I felt sympathetic for Shaq and that Shaq had people hanging on him all the time. Hell, it teams for Shaq teams were employing guys who were just big. Just give me a guy who's seven feet tall and weighs 300 pounds so we can throw him at Shaq. Doesn't need to be a good basketball player. Just give me somebody that's got size so I can throw at Shaquille O'Neal. So Shaq's got guys like hanging on him and, all kinds of stuff, and still not getting whistles because he's so big, so strong, he powers through people. And so he doesn't go flying when he gets hit. And LeBron is the same thing. He doesn't go flying when he gets hit. Trey Young, if you what if you if you bump him a little bit, if you if you do, I don't know if you guys know old like WCW, but if you do the old uh the old Hulk Hogan finger poke of doom, you do that to Trey Young, and he's gonna go flying across the court, right? 
And the refs are going to call the foul. LeBron, you hammer him, and it doesn't look like he got hit because he's so big and he's so strong. And so he doesn't get those calls. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's frustrating watching that night in and night out. Urban Progressive said, must trade Nunn, Beverly, Walker, and Jones in two separate deals for 3 and D wings. Summer shop now. I'm not going to disagree with that. Resign Russ with bird rights for cheap. What, what is Russ's value this summer? Like, what's, what is your, what's your line for Russ? If, like, if I told you you can get Russ for $5 million per season this summer using bird rights, I think most people would say, yeah. What if it's 10, though? What if it's 15? What if it's 20? What's the breaking point? I think that's something we should probably discuss and, and talk about. May, I'm not going to get in-depth into it on this show, but something to think about. It's something to consider um, that we'll address on a, on a future show. What is it that you'd be willing to pay to hang on to Russell Westbrook? Who would have thought we'd be here back in July that right now we'd be talking about keeping Russ, but nonetheless, here we are. Uh, as far as going and getting three indie wings, Yes, 100%. That needs to be the target. But easier said than done because everybody's looking for that. Every team is looking for three and D wings. So you may not have enough for two separate deals because your draft capital teams are going to demand first. The Pistons are demanding an unprotected first for Bogdanovich and maybe more. Maybe a young player and an unprotected first for Bogdanovich. Again, it's a seller's market right now. And unless the prices come down, that could crush this trade deadline if prices stay this high. All it takes is a couple of teams to cave too, and then sellers will feel like, okay, see, we're justified. That's why people are willing to pay these prices. We're going to keep the prices high. Joel Hernandez, Bryant is JaVale on steroids. Start with AD. Different type of player overall, but I see some similarities. And I get it from an energy perspective. From an energy perspective, he is. He's tremendous. Oh, no. Tyler Scott. Oh, no. That's awful. My computer died while Dennis Schroeder was at the line at the end. I'll, I pulled it up on my phone while Fox's shot was in midair. Good win for LA. That is the worst, right? When something happens and it's at the worst possible moment. Oh, that I, I hate that. That's at least it was a, a good outcome, though, right? At least it was a, a good outcome. But, man, Salvador said, Rob, make that trade before they get exhausted. Yeah, I mean, they are going to get kind of run down, playing at this level all the time. But, man, you got to commend them. And it's been so much fun watching them do this. AJ said, we keep winning like this, and if we somehow get a top four seed, we got to bring everybody back, including Russ, but at a discount. Again, goes into what are you willing to pay Russ? Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves with top four seed and all that kind of stuff. Five game win streak. Spoiler alert. They're not going to win every single game the rest of the season. They're just not, but we're seeing good things. And once again, I think more than, Hey, is this team going to be the four seed? Is this team going to be the three seed? Are they going to be the eight seed or whatever more than that? Cause we don't know exactly how things are going to play out. I think the biggest takeaway has been, you got to do something Right. And again, the market sucks right now. It's terrible. But somehow over the next few weeks, you've got to find something to help this team. And it might not have to be the home run swing. I don't think it needs to be. And maybe you could argue that it shouldn't be Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or Bradley Beal, right? You add the right piece or the right pieces, it can go a long way with this team. Add a little bit of shooting, add some defense, some size on the wing, and you could really pour gasoline on the fire that the Lakers have brewing right now. Will Peterson, if we go deep in the playoffs, would you re-sign Russ? All comes down to the cost. And are the Lakers in a position to use his bird rights or not? Right? For example, um, $30 million in cap space. If they make a trade that eats up all that cap space, then it makes it more palatable to hang on to Russ and pay him $10 million or whatever and use his bird rights to just continue to go over the cap. If they don't and they're $30 million under the cap, the only way you get $30 million under is by renouncing Russ's rights or you sign Russ to a different deal. You come to terms very quickly with Russ 
But even then, he's in, into your cap space. So let's say you decide, okay, Russ, we're going to pay you $10 million next season. All right, now you only have $20 million to spend. And you still, and your roster is LeBron, Christie, Davis, Russ. And then you got to bring in Austin Reeves, and you got and you're building from there. It becomes difficult. So, what path the Lakers take in terms of number one, do they make a trade that brings in salary? And then does that trade make them an above the cap team, or do they stay as a below the cap team this summer? That will be a big factor in terms of what do you do with Russ? Dimitri, hey Sabonis, you can't out LeBron, LeBron. You know, I thought LeBron was pretty brilliant um, on one particular play. It was the fifth foul on Sabonis. LeBron was driving to his left. Sabonis reached. And when he reached, the referees had the opportunity to not blow the whistle. And I don't, I can't say for sure, but I'd imagine they probably weren't going to. LeBron, as Sabonis reaches, LeBron just goes up like he's going to shoot it. Goes up, makes sure, because then LeBron goes up the referee has to blow the whistle and call something. And clearly there's contact, so it has to be a foul. Had LeBron just continued to dribble, the referee could have said, play on, no, you know, whatever. But when Sabonis reached, LeBron played it perfectly, went up, got the fifth foul on Sabonis. And it wasn't so much about, hey, we have to get Sabonis out of the game. It was when the Lakers attacked the basket, and I think they actually needed to do a little bit more, with five fouls on Sabonis, he's not going to contest anything. He's going to just olay and let you go past. And that's exactly what happened. And the Lakers were able to get a number of buckets that way because Sabonis knew he couldn't really contest the Lakers at the rim, not when he's got five fouls. Otherwise, he's going out of the game. Ivan said, Lakers have broken the game. Russ is an ex-MVP coming off the bench. New way to win. Getting guys involved, taking the load off LeBron. Fifth and assist, high plus minus. AD back soon, one and a half games from sixth. Yeah. Hey, I love all the optimism. Um, Again, Tough road ahead, but it's great seeing what they're doing right now. I don't know that, uh, you know, bring bring a former MVP off the bench becomes the blueprint for teams. I think it's a very specific set of circumstances that caused the Lakers to take this path with Russ, but it's certainly allowed for more success than we've seen than we saw last season. That's been part of it. Lakers plus eight and a half, and the Lakers are 16 to 11 since November 12th. Man. Lakers plus eight and a half when the Lakers are 16 and 11 since November 12th was a lock. So that was the bet you made. Yeah. The Kings were eight and a half point favorite or no, uh, they may, it was seven and a half last I looked heat was eight and a half, but in any event, yeah, Lakers have been playing good basketball and uh, I don't expect them to continue to shoot what they shoot tonight. 43% from three in every single game, 61% from the field. Still let's, let's enjoy this. While it's here, Jonathan, let Thomas Bryant continue to start and work AD back in from the bench when he's back. I don't think I would bench AD. I don't think I would go that route. I would rather play them together. I wouldn't bring AD off the bench. That's that's not what I would do. I want him in the starting lineup. Um, and if anything, I want to build the chemistry between Thomas Bryant and AD because I think there's a very real possibility that your best lineup becomes something like uh, AD, Thomas Bryant, LeBron, Austin, and Schroeder. That may end up being your best lineup. You're not undersized there with that lineup. And then you have Russ with Lonnie Walker playing with him, coming off the bench, Troy Brown giving him some help on the wings, throwing Wenyon. Now, I will say, though, that the Russ, Wenyon, Thomas Bryant grouping also has some synergy there where they, they really feed off each other's energy. And so... It might be a little tricky for Darwin to figure out exactly how to make the rotation work. But yeah, I'm not bringing AD off the bench. I want AD and TB to be together and see what you can build on there. David said, another great team win. Feels like we are a good 3 and D wing from being solidly competitive. Uh, Agreed. Can't wait to see what they do when AD comes back. Uh, Nature Boy said, what does LeBron or when does LeBron start getting in the MVP discussion? If the Lakers move up to like the three seed or something, then he will. But remember, AD probably should have been in the MVP discussion right now. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm just looking. Somebody. Oh, wow. This is a, a King's reporter. And you guys will love this. This is a King's reporter who said Lakers and LeBron fans arguing that their team or favorite players disrespected by refs is hilarious. You have the player and team who did get the softest, who undoubtedly get the softest whistle and you're whining. The entitlement is unreal. Wow. And our own Daniel Starkan from Lakers nation, who is the Lakers nation reporter who goes to all the, the home games and, and is interviewing all the players and doing all that. I replied said LeBron wouldn't rank 24th in free throw attempts if he got the softest whistle with how much he goes to the basket. Well done, Daniel Starkan from Lakers Nation. Fantastic response. Anybody saying that the Lakers get a favorable whistle or LeBron gets a favorable whistle is just telling on themselves for not having watched the Lakers this season. There's no, there's no denying that. Uh, easy boy said, I think we should trade for Collins and Capella from the Hawks and send out Russ with two first being protected. But Capella's a big and he's been injured, but, um, you know, do you want Capella? Do, like, do you want to commit that kind of money to the center position is the question really. Uh, John Collins, I, he's, he's not shot the ball well this year, but I'm a fan of his. I, I think he's underrated, but he's not played well this season shooting the basketball. And that's a lot of money moving forward feel more comfortable getting somebody where you know they're going to be a sniper for you. I think that's going to be important. Uh, Sean said, Trevor, would you recommend a trade at this point? Yes, but I don't think it has to be the big trade. I don't think it has to be the go get Zach Levine. I think it needs to be, or it can be a smaller trade. Give me a wing that can shoot the three a little bit and play some defense. And it doesn't need to be both picks. It can be a smaller trade. You're just looking to Add a little bit of a spark. That's what you're looking to do right now, not tear the whole thing to pieces and bring in a, a whole new group of players that now you got to figure out how to play with. That's not what you're looking to do. You're looking to, to take what you've got right now and enhance it, not replace what you've got right now with something else. I think that's key. So yes, I still think they need a trade, but it's only to pour a little gasoline on the fire, not to completely rebuild the fire. Vector Nova, if Kevon Looney can get like $7 million from the dubs, I don't see why we can't give Thomas Bryant the same in the offseason. He's been killing it. Yeah, you absolutely can, as long as he has enough, as long as you have enough cap space to do so. Then, sure. Uh, also, another win for the scouting department for drafting Thomas Bryant. Yes, and a loss for the front office for cutting Thomas Bryant way back in the day. But yes, the case in point, scouting department, they do a tremendous job finding players. Tremendous job. Chris said, keep the team. We keep switching. I mean, sometimes it's good to develop players. And um, I still think the Lakers could use a little more top-end talent, but I don't think it has to be the full star-level player. Aaron said, there's better ball movement without AD. I think the ball movement in general has been good for the Lakers lately. Um, I don't know if that's an, an AD thing, though, that, hey, you, it's the absence of AD that's created the ball movement. I think the absence of AD has forced them to move the ball more because they haven't been able to just lean on AD or throw him the ball and let him go to work. It's forced them to do that. Um, that's the way I look at it. I don't think it's a AD was stifling the ball movement for the Lakers. Uh, DV said, Trev, as a teacher, I can tell you are a teacher with how well you explain the team. LOL. Love the commentary. Love how Russ played tonight. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that DV. Yeah, I do. That is my, my background. I was a classroom teacher for 13 years. And so if that comes out in, in my commentary or there, you can hear that in, in the way I explain things, well, that, that's, that's why um, that's, that's always going to be a part of me. So, uh, But I do appreciate the kind words there and love how Russ played tonight. Absolutely. And it's so great seeing Russ find success with the Los Angeles Lakers after you know everything that went down last season. All right, guys. 
we will do a couple more that we're going to call it. And I will take any of the super chats that I didn't get to. And I will add them into our, uh, our next show, which is, I'm going to record the next one tomorrow and that'll be out on Monday. So if I didn't get to your super chat again, we're so appreciative of all of you who've come in here, given us your questions, your comments, joined us for this, celebrated together with us. Um, it's so much fun, such a, a blast being part of this Lakers nation community. Um, so just know if you did contribute to the super chat, it's not going to get ignored. Uh, it'll just go on to our next show. Uh, AJ with a good point. We have never seen the Lakers this great for a long time. It hasn't been that long, really. It was 2020, but it feels like it was so long ago. And I don't know how much that was COVID, how much of it is last season being such, such a brutal season to get through. Um, it was, it was tough to watch that season last year. So I think it's, it's all those things combined, but it feels like it's been a long time and it feels damn good to watch this team and enjoy watching basketball again, not feel like, Oh no, here we go again. They're going to find a way to lose to feel like, and you know, again, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be tough stretches. They're not going to go undefeated for the rest of the way, but it's a nice reminder of how fun basketball really can be when your team's doing great things on the floor. And when your team's hustling and playing at a level that let's face it, they're giving Lakers fans something to be proud about right now. And, uh, and it's been a while since we felt that. I think that's probably a good place, place to stop. I feel like that's kind of a natural end. Let's end things there. I appreciate all of you for coming in. Thank you guys uh, for joining me. Again, another podcast will be out. I'm going to record it tomorrow. will be out first thing Monday for you. Lakers do take on the Denver Nuggets on Monday. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great one. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.